Hey, Neil. Yeah. Is that I need to go home? Holy shit. Whoa, 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 whoa. What is this? Are you some kind of psycho or something? Why'd you say that? I just thought that you were... Drunk? Yeah. Really drunk? Fuck. Yeah. Well, I'm not. But that's good, isn't it? I think you should leave. Oh. Now you want me to leave? No. I just... I'm really high. Like, I'm really fucking high right now. I don't know what I'm doing. I think you should go. But a second ago, you were determined for me to stay. You were pretty insistent, actually. I'm a nice guy. Are you? I thought we had a connection, I guess. A connection? Okay. What do I do for a living? Sorry, maybe that one's too hard. How old am I? How long have I lived in the city? What are my hobbies? What's my name? What is up, everyone? Welcome back to the Red Sea Movie Podcast, the podcast where everything is connected. I'm your host, Jacob Thompson, and joining me is my co-host, friend, and the person most likely to get luggage from his parents as a gift as a hint of, like, get out of our house, Alex Perkins. Perk, how are you doing tonight? I'm well, uh, and I did avoid that. Never, It never <laughs> came to that. Actually, uh, my mother was pretty upset when I left. <laughs> I thought that was a, a nice little little moment in this movie. Um, yeah, that, that was a good one for sure. <laughs> very, very non-subtle, but you'll love to see it. Um, <laughs> welcome back to the podcast, everyone. This is the show where every week, Perk and I review a movie that is somehow connected to the previous one we watched. Uh, this week is our last film in our Female Voices string, where we've been highlighting uh, female writers and or directors, um, and I'm excited to get into it. But if you like our show, you can find us uh, every Friday on podcast services. If you like us, please uh, share it with your friends. Um, but yeah, let's just get into it. This week, we're watching Promising Young Woman to round out our Female Voices string. Perk, why don't you intro it for us? Yeah, all right. Uh, Promising Young Woman is a 2020 joint. Written and directed by uh, directorial debutante Emerald Fennell. Uh, and this script earned her a uh, Best Original Screenplay Oscar. Um, it oh, follows God. Carrie Mulligan as Cassie, who uh, lost her friend to uh, tragic surroundings of an assault. Mm-hmm. And... Mm-hmm. Um, she is basically out there scaring guys straight, and mm-hmm. uh, then she, you know, meets a guy and uh, delves a little deeper into her past, and uh, yeah, antics very much ensue. Yeah, that that they do. That's one way to put it. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And also, before we get into it, I, I do. I just want to emphasize. I mean, if you listen to our podcast, you know this is a very, very spoiler heavy podcast, but. Watch this movie <laughs> before listening to this episode, if possible, because there's really no way to talk about it, I don't think, without getting your spoilers. Uh, no, not really. But that being said, Perk, why don't you go first, since you watched it most recently, what did you think of Promising Young Woman? Actually, do you want to do facts first, or do you want to just get into it? Oh, yeah, I'll do, I'll do some fun facts. I'll do some fun facts. Uh, yeah, all right. So, uh, the first scene that uh, Emerald Fennell thought of, like, came up with, was a woman getting undressed by a man drunkenly saying uh what are you doing and then repeating in a stone cold sober what are you doing um and she kind of just built the movie around that and obviously that scene remains uh as Mm -hmm. as the intro Mm -hmm. scene um very powerful uh another little tidbit the title is suspected to be a reference to uh brock turner the stanford student who Mm. Uh, real bad dude, uh, just, you know, vehemently assaulted a woman at a party, uh, and was only (laughs) sentenced to six months because he was a promising young man. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, uh, the, which I think probably is on purpose, but the maybe trigger words of rape and sexual assault were never actually mentioned in the movie. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of a uh, interesting with the subject matter, right? I mean, honestly, they're not needed the way the movie no, is crafted. I, I obviously, yeah, I agree. Super, super well done. But uh, yeah, Perk. Yeah, what'd you think of the film? 
I didn't like watching it. Mm. Not one bit. Um, <laughs> and I think it's amazing. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, it is, yeah, it's one of the most uncomfortable movies uh, I've watched for good reason. Uh, and it should be because it covers some really important subject matter. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, The only movie I can think of off the top of my head that made me more uncomfortable was Ingrid Goes West, which I've talked about before. Mm-hmm. Um, but there were scenes in this movie where I had to like walk into my kitchen just because, like, oh, I can't be looking yeah. at the screen for this. Yeah. Um, but yeah. yeah, overall, like, this is a really, really good movie. Yeah. No, That's I think my, this is one of the most like important movies to release in the past few years. Um, I think everybody should watch it because the way it handles SA is like so. So it's so delicate, but so brutally honest, um, and I think just more more real than most people. It, it shows like what it actually is, and not what people think it is. I think you know. Um, I think when a lot of people think of SA, they think of these really like hothead douchebag dudes, right, that are doing it, and it's often not. Like it's often quote unquote nice guys or guys the who quote, think they're quote, gentlemen. Yeah, nice and, guy. Um, you know taking things just too far and <laughs> never getting consent or never even asking a person's name. Um, yeah. I, after finishing it, like, I don't know how, how you feel about this perk, but to me, this movie is like what a Joker movie should be. Like when you think about uh, Joaquin Phoenix's Joker, some people like the movie, some people don't like it. I'm not a huge fan of it. Um, Cause it's, it's, and that movie tackles issues that are very real, like the lack of mental health services and, you know, just kind of society not um, helping out everyone. But it's also just another, like, white man, oh, woe is me, one bad day kind of thing. Um, and that can get kind of tired to me. Whereas this is, like, so much more... This is this is set in the real world. This is not set in, like, a fictional city like Gotham. Like, this is a real thing that women are experiencing all the time. And... Um, I, th- I think that her character does take it too far, like by a bit, but it's completely understandable. And the world that we live in is so dystopian for for women in that sense that like it makes sense. And I, I, I mean, I feel like it's kind of implied with like the makeup she puts on at the end, right? It's like kind of Joker esque, um, or Harley Quinn, I guess maybe more at comparison. But um, to me, like this movie says a lot more than Joaquin Phoenix's Joker movie did. Um, I don't think they necessarily have to be compared. Um, I, I thought that Joker was, uh, a good movie, but it was carried by a fantastic performance. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that Joaquin Phoenix's performance kind of covered up what was not an amazing movie. Uh, mm-hmm. and I, I, I agree with you. Like, I think there's, I, I, it's hard to say more nuance uh, in in Joker, but there's it's a little yeah I don't know it's a little more convoluted is what I would yeah. say which is not not necessarily a good thing whereas uh, promising young woman is very straightforward uh, mm-hmm. doesn't really beat her on the bush so mm-hmm. um, and yeah there are almost some Joker esque uh, like Harley Quinn type moments at the end there um, but yeah I uh, I I think. I don't know. I, the comparison didn't come to mind for me. Yeah. I I mean, and yeah, I hesitate making it because like I, I don't know if I'm fully have the the thought fully fleshed because like I see she, the ties because like is she a sociopath at the end of the day? Like maybe a little, but like not, but everything is totally justified. I, I, it's it's so like her character is so hard for me to like reconcile of like and, and not, people aren't obviously either good or bad. There's a ton of gray area. Um, right. Because she doesn't really hurt anybody until the end where she intends to harm, I forget the guy's name, not kill him, but uh, I, but even what she was going to do doesn't justify her dying. Like, it's, yeah. yeah, it's such a complex, she's such a complex character, and it's just so hard for me to, like, wrap my head around, like, how I feel about her, you know? Uh, yeah, I, I think, uh, I see what you're saying. I, personally, I think that whatever, the depiction of this character is unstable. Um, but mm-hmm. I think she kind of exists to be like what so many people would love to do, 
you yeah. know, like she she is the vengeance that many people in real life want to have. Whereas, yeah. you know, Joker is just like a incels rise up. Right. Exactly. You know, so. Um, yeah, I. Uh, it's it's de- she's definitely an interesting character. Um, mm-hmm. Not like, all yeah, one dimensional. I, mean, I would hope that the guys that she, um, whatever, sets up. Uh, or exposes like she it's, it's so funny like in the wake of you know quote-unquote cancel culture like she's not she's not canceling these dudes in like a public forum she's like intimately being like hey you're a piece of shit like get like get your shit together and it's like maybe that helps maybe that helps them and fi- quote-unquote fixes them or makes them better maybe it doesn't we don't know but like that's not the thought i had of like i'd be happy to know that she is changing these guys to the better but she's not fixing the core issue of these guys getting created, right? Yeah. Um, nor should she have to, but it's just like, yeah, is what she's doing actually helping, or is she just obsessed with vengeance and can't get over it? Which I think, I think it's more the latter. Uh, yeah. I mean, what she's doing is probably making some tangible change, but it's like, mm-hmm. it's like bailing out a sinking ship. You yeah. know, like yeah. no matter how many buckets you throw overboard, like the problem's not going to fix. Yeah. Um, because what you really need to do is patch the boat, mm-hmm. um, which is just impossible. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but which, um, it was funny. Yeah. It's like her character can't do that, but like this movie could help do that, right? Yeah, People watching this movie, like in the real world, affect that kind of change. So I would argue that yeah. this movie won't reach the parties it needs to, though. Yeah. Well, because I can't remember. So this came out. 2020 pre-pandemic or during the pandemic good question i would imagine during the pandemic because i think it was an oscar release timing unless it was maybe december 25th 2020 yeah so yeah yeah that's unfortunate um yeah i I think because i I remember the release i was super excited about it but then when it came out i just like didn't watch it because i just kind of forgot about it and i think the pandemic didn't help so hopefully people find this you know, it's on HBO Max, so it's fairly accessible right now. But, um, yeah, it's just so important. And it's just so well done. Like, the direction I thought was phenomenal. Like, Emerald Fennel absolutely killed it in this movie. Um, I agree. I think the direction was um, fantastic. And there were a lot of really nice stylistic choices made throughout the movie. And mm-hmm. shot style and uh, purposeful um, omission. You know, where there'll be like a shot where you know what's going on, but you don't have to see it. Um, right. I I did have a couple, I suppose, little complaints. Mm-hmm. Um, I think tonally, this movie is all over the place. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's it feels kind of like whiplash sometimes when you go from dancing in a, in a pharmacy to like... Mm-hmm confronting an abuser within yeah. a scene. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't love the ending, but when I think about it, I don't know what else I would have done. So like, so, I, yeah. I don't know how I would have improved it and we, we can come back to that. But uh, yeah. And then my, my only other uh, real gripe was aside from the ending, I think everything was very predictable. Mm. Um. Like, well, maybe not everything, but a lot of the movie, it's like, hmm, she met a good guy. He knows the bad guys. Hmm, he's probably a bad guy. Or uh, uh, she goes into the dean's office and is like, I dropped your daughter off at some college kids' apartment. I'm like, yeah, well, she didn't, probably. Um, mm-hmm. I was taken aback by the lawyer scene. Yeah, that's the Alfred sure. Molina scene, I think, was really powerful. Um, I, you know, I love that scene for sure. I, I do think it was funny though, because the first two, uh, another super powerful scene, the one where she yeah. f- essentially traps, um, Alison Brie, Alison Brie. Yeah. Into like, uh Oh, well, this is what you were saying is not a big deal, but mm-hmm. like now, now look what you've done. Um, yeah. and I, I think that one's cool because it's like she turns it around on him, right? So yeah. it's like, well, what if it was you? Uh, and then for the dean, she turns it around on her. It's like, well, what if it was your daughter? Yep, yep. Um, and then for Alfred Molina, it appears 
she's just got a guy who's gonna yeah. like kneecap just, him. Yeah, just, like <laughs> so, when she walked outside and the guy's like, "I still go in." She's like, no. "I'm like, holy shit, was she gonna like, yeah, beat the kill him or dude? something?" Yeah, yeah. I, like so. That one I thought was wasn't as good, but I still thought it was it was funny. Um, but I I do like the kind of left up to a mystery of like what was the plan, yeah. like what was he gonna do? Right. Um, yeah, and like that's the thing is like with Allison Bree, like nothing happened. Like the guy didn't touch her. He just yep. They got her drink, but like she was going crazy for weeks. I assume not knowing if she like mm-hmm. that if she got a essay or like cheated on her husband or whatever. Um, and it's like that's pretty fucked up. You know, so it's like, but yeah, like it, it is very like satisfying. Like this kind of vengeance is very satisfying to watch, but it's ultimately like, yeah, like, is this really helping anything? You know, maybe maybe not. Um, yeah, it's it's just another like, a lot of this, including the ending, uh, the the very ending, like at the wedding. A lot of it feels like just kind of a series of gotchas, which are super satisfying to watch. But like once again, yeah, if you think about it, like not all that much is going to change. Yeah. Like, you, you're a martyr and you, you got revenge for your friend, but none of his groomsmen are going to jail or, you right. know, so. Right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I definitely talk about the ending, but before that, um, I do want to touch on the casting. The casting is absolutely impeccable in this movie. Um, I agree. I mean, starting out, I mean, even as the first scene, right? I mean, it, yeah, it's... Maybe a little bit obvious, but, like, I do appreciate that it was the quote-unquote nice guy of the three in that group that, like, took her home, right? Yep. To try to yep. Was super uncomfortable. Cause, you yeah, because, sorry to interrupt. You're yeah. you're watching that first scene, and the, the two sleaze balls are sleezing it up, and the one yep. guy's like, come on, guys. It's yep. like, oh, yeah, he's the voice of reason. Mm-hmm. Oh, but actually. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as he's like, uh, yeah. actually, do you want to go to my place? It's like, oh, no. Like, Jesus Christ. Um, then you got fucking McLovin. <laughs> like doing coke <laughs> it's like a, a, a actor that like people perceive as like kind of harmless because of super bad but then is not harmless you know yeah um the same like schmidt. sam richardson sam richardson or yeah um, yeah schmidt but at least from sam richardson's like a sleazeball from the get-go yeah um i guess it was schmidt's character but like people love well, i forget the guy's name it's like matt I can't remember what's happened, but like Schmidt, like everyone loves him from New Girl, but then he's a piece of shit. So it's like I love all of like the fl- the flip flops of like our perception of these actors and then the characters they're playing in this movie. So um, as someone who's not seen New Girl, he totally strikes me as a typecast douchebag. So I I guess I don't have that same uh, emotional <laughs> connection you do, but I hundred percent believe just this is just a sleaze. This this is just the worst guy. Oh, he played it fantastic. In oh this. yeah, he nailed um, it. And then you got Bo, who just killed it. Like, their chemistry was insane in this movie. Yeah, I uh, I hate how effortlessly charming he is, um, oh, yeah. because that was also a tip-off. It's like, mm-hmm. he is just too perfect. Uh, this can only go wrong. Or when they're having, by the way, another gripe of mine, I hate montages. I can't stand them. <laughs> and there's just like, oh, like a five-minute, like, let's have a lovey-dovey montage. Which, that montage happened with, like, 50 minutes left in the movie. So that's another tip-off. It's like, yeah, all right, let's skip forward to the part when it all goes wrong. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, but he he's... Bo Burnham is so good. Uh, like, can, we, can we get him in more acting roles, please? Like, yeah, he's agree. just so good. Um, and, I mean, of course, Carrie Mulligan oh, also yeah. is just incredible. All-star. Like, she plays both sides so well, like, yeah, like, the fun scenes with Bo, but also, like, Stone. Like, the best, I mean, the best example is after um, the night with the first guy, she's just walking down the street with the donut. And I love how they frame this of, like, the donut mm-hmm. has a jelly filling, but, and there's, like, stuff on her dress, like, okay, is that blood? Like, did she kill him, or is it just from the donut? Like, I love that little, like, question mark. But those guys are catcalling her, and she just stops and just stares at him. Doesn't say lets, a word. Yeah, just lets the jelly run down her arm. It's <laughs> yeah. super off-putting and great. And it's another one of you talking about flip of the script. It's like, oh, wait, so you don't like being stared at. Well, mm-hmm. maybe don't stare at me. Yeah, and I, I love it. They didn't need to have her say anything. They didn't need her to, like, you know, like, scream out these guys. She just literally just stared at them. And that was enough for them to just get uncomfortable. Like, I, I absolutely love that. Um but yeah, so I have I have two grapes of this movie. Okay. The first one is a super nitpick, but All right. okay. So you know how when she's taking out the people, you got 
Alison Brie and the Dean and whatever. Yep. For Alison Brie, the big one comes on the screen because it's the first person. That's right. For the Dean, they don't put the two on the screen. It's like she's in her notebook. She flips to the next page and it's the two. But then for three and four and five, it's back to the full screen. Boom. Are you it's sure like, they didn't do the, do the page I am, two? I went back and looked. I, okay. I was going right. crazy. I'm like, wait, did they not do two? The, their two was the the zoom in on the on the book. I'm like, you can't change it for just one of them. Okay, you gotta do it. That was the thing that. that it really got to me. I'm on board. The the second thing was the ending. So I think it would have been more powerful if they had gotten away with it. They got away with killing her, and nothing happened to them, because I think that's more realistic. I I would assume they thought that would be way too dark, and so they didn't leave that in the movie. But I think that would have been a much more powerful ending of. Um, there's no contingency plan, no contingency text. It's just, she just dies and they get away with it. End of movie. Um, so yeah, I, I also didn't love the ending. Um, I think, I mean, I probably, I don't know. I don't think she needed to die. Um, but I'm okay with the choice that she does. Goodness me. That scene was gratuitous. But I think it needed to be. It, like, it, I, I, yeah. I don't know if it needed to be, but I think it's it's certainly powerful that it was because you just have to sit there uh, with the lack of any score whatsoever and uh, for a very very long time, um, and it's super uncomfortable. And it almost like it almost gives you the because this has almost been like fairy tale esque kind of. So mm, it, bit, yeah. it, it gives you so much time for you to think, oh, well, how's she gonna get out? How's she gonna get out of this? How's she gonna? Oh, nope. Okay, Um, but I think I agree with you. I think I'd rather it not get tied up with a pretty bow Mm -hmm. because, um, first of all, the the scheduled texts kind of felt a little XOXO Gossip Girl. Like, yeah, I don't know. And also, like, why is she – like, Bo's not going to get in trouble. (laughs) Like, why is she texting Bo? Like, nothing is going to happen to him. The only thing that happens is – For what? He's in the video. Yeah, but they didn't kill her. It's my impression that she committed suicide after the fact. Yeah, that I that's what happened. Yeah, but like the video I don't think is enough to convict anybody. They're arresting the goof for for murdering Cassie. They weren't arresting them for the video. Oh, well. Because she yes, sent the note but, being like, hey, I went to this cabin this weekend. If I don't come back, I'm probably dead. Um so No, and she sent dead. she sent the phone to the lawyer, so I would imagine that all the involved parties are going down in the video because obviously they didn't show it, but it, it seems to be a pretty gruesome video based on Carrie Mulligan's reaction. Yeah, I, um, I guess that to me that was like that was like the motive, not necessarily like the like the the smoking gun. It was like here, here's why he would have a reason to kill me, and he did. As, as far as my as, as far as I knew, the only people that are going to jail would have been the guy who did Al, right, and Schmidt's character for literally helping him bury the body, and those are the only people that would have been in trouble. I think I disagree, but also that's putting a little too much... It it also doesn't really matter that much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, (laughs) no, and I think he knows he's he's done, because, I mean, regardless of not, or whether or not he goes to jail, he's in a video of sexual assault. Yeah, I mean, he'd be... Quote unquote canceled. He, he's yeah. going to be out of a job, you know. He, he, I, I think probably ends up doing prison time based on the severity of the video, which obviously we were thankfully spared. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think I agree with you that I wish it weren't tied up so neatly because that almost feels like, hooray, we got a happy ending. Yeah. When in real, realistically, like we were talking about, the whole movie has been like. Like trimming off the bad leaves, yeah, but not healing the tree. So it's like, yay, we got him. Let's celebrate. But we got one, one guy. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I guess you succeeded in getting vengeance for Nina specifically, but not. Yeah, we're not solving like the greater issue. Um. Yeah, I don't know. And maybe who knows? I don't know how this movie got made. Maybe they originally had it be a dark ending, and the producers or somebody was like, "That's too dark." Fix it. I don't know. Um, I could see that being the case, but yeah, I just thought it'd been more powerful because, because I, I mean, yeah, maybe maybe like the scene of her getting suffocated was a little bit too gratuitous, but I don't know. So many I women have get killed it, by men. To be fair, yeah, I I, and I I think people don't take it seriously enough. So it's like well, having that scene is like, hey, no, take this 
fucking seriously. No, and I, uh, I like it the way it is. It's just super uncomfortable, <laughs> like yeah, it, yeah. It, which it's supposed to be. So yeah. But yeah, no, I, I yeah this this movie like I said is just so important. Um, it's so well done, and I hope it gets more recognition <laughs> than it. I mean, it's only been out for a couple of years, but I just hope it just continues to get more buzz because like it's yeah it's so yeah cool. i feel like it's not talked about at all which is a shame um i mean the year it came out like like i said it got best original screenplay so someone mm-hmm. saw it mm-hmm. um but yeah i i can't imagine this one makes a renaissance and becomes like a important pillar of, of history or anything yeah because like even i'm i'm a super nerd for movies and i didn't even know what this movie was about mm-hmm. until i watched it yeah yeah, I just remember. I remember when it was like in 2018 when it was trailers coming out because it was Bo. I think I was like, "Oh shit, Bo's in a movie," um, and then the premise seemed super interesting. Um, but then, yeah, freaking COVID happened. So, freaking COVID. Um, yeah, well, I guess one last thing I will just mention as a more happy note: loved her parents. Uh, so oh yeah. <laughs> the yeah, dinner very scene sweet. where she brought Bo over was hilarious. Yeah, um, but they were played really well. Yeah, they feel like parents. Mm-hmm. Like the the <laughs> way like even the dad like. Has a super delayed reaction to a joke. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they wanted me to be a DJ. Awkward silence. Ah, he's funny. <laughs> you didn't tell me he was funny. No, oh, I, I told them you were boring and rich. <laughs> um, do you have any recommendations based on this movie? I no, don't. <laughs> no, not really. Which that's kind of a good thing. Yeah, I like it when there's not like an obvious parallel. Oh. Almost forgot to mention, this movie has the best soundtrack ever made because the <laughs> intro song is by my favorite DJ. So, oh, hooray! Very nice. What DJ is that? Drew Lou. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a I remix. Didn't, I didn't of pick a, up on it. I apologize. A, <laughs> no, when opening credits started rolling, I'm like, what? <laughs> What's going on? I don't know. Uh, it's a remix of a Charlie XCX song. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. All right, well, that is our review of Promising Young Woman. Uh, please watch this movie if you got through this and have watched it. Please tell people about it. It, Yeah, it's so good. Um, but now it's time for a metric shit ton of bonus reviews because it's been yeah. two weeks, and we got we got stuff piled up here. Um, yes, we do. So, yeah, I got, well, like, I got four segments, and you got three, so we'll just go back and forth All right. per usual. <clears throat> um, all right, first, my first segment, I got two Star Wars things and two shows I dropped immediately. <laughs> Which one do you want to hear about first? <laughs> uh, let's do Star Wars first. All right. Um, I finally started watching Andor. Okay. Um, the new like prequel series to Rogue One. Um, I, it's not over yet, I, but I do want to mention I started watching it, and it is honestly really, really fucking good. Like, even if you're not a massive Star Wars fan, I would recommend it. It's just like really good spy heisty kind of vibe. Um, I really like how well they developed all the characters. Um, but yeah, it's basically just about like the very, very beginning of the Rebel Alliance being formed. Um, and this is a, a good chunk of time before Rogue One happened. So it's if you've seen Rogue One, it's still like, you know, a decent time before that. But it obviously focuses on Cassian Andor um, and his kind of journey. But it also like equally is about the people in his life and Mon Mothma and just, you know, all that stuff. And like I'm, like I said, I've, I've been kind of burned out on Star Wars. Um, like I didn't watch the most recent season of Mandalorian, and I'm just kind of sick of a lot of it. But this show it very much feels not as Star Warsy because there's no Jedi or Force or lightsabers. It's really just like people that are oppressed by a really shitty government, i.e. the Empire, and what they're trying to do to fight back against it. And because of that, this show has been way more modern in its themes than I was expecting. Like, the writers are really, really coming out and saying shit about our current society, even though this takes place um, in a faraway galaxy a long time ago. Um, so, yeah, I'd really highly recommend it to, honestly, pretty much anyone who's even slightly interested. Um, it's yeah, I, uh, I've heard only glowing things. I think it's, it's super interesting that it seems a lot of people are getting burned out on Star Wars because of all this tangential stuff that's not based in canon that you know is adding backstory where no one asked for it and putting in a whole heap of new characters that no one cares about but i think when you get 
tangentially removed from a tangent. You know, like <laughs> these characters are almost far enough from the original IP that it can kind of exist on its own. Yeah, definitely. That, I mean, that's that's kind of what I'm getting. The only characters that I've seen before are Cassie Andor and Rogue One and Mon Mothma, who's in a few of his uh, sure. movies. Um, but besides that, it's all new people. And, I, I, and Star Wars has always been at least a little bit political, right? It's themes, but like, yeah, this show is like very much <laughs> in the modern day of the, the themes that it is going for. And that's really like keeping me interested as well. So um, I will say if you do decide to start watching it, watch it in three episode chunks. It seems like they're going to do it in three episode arcs and it'll be 12 episodes of the first season. So, okay. Um, but episodes four, five and six, so fucking good. Like on, like it's just so fun to watch and incredible. So, um, all right. Yeah. That's Andor. The other star Wars thing that just dropped um, a few days ago is tales of the Jedi. It's a little, just a little short anthology series uh, animated. Um, and I, Watched it because I remember the trailer looked kind of cool and, you know, whatever. It's ba- it's six episodes. Three are about Count Dooku before he became a bad guy. Interesting. And th- three about Ahsoka uh, from Clone Wars. Um, I haven't watched Clone Wars. I just know Ahsoka. I just been hearing about her. You haven't watched Clone Wars? I know. I it just Jacob, come I on. Tried, I tried watching it. It didn't grab me. All right? I'm sorry. All um, right, all right. So the three Ahsoka ones were fine, but I was definitely missing some massive references that I would have gotten if I had watched uh, Clone Wars and Rebels, but I will say the Dooku ones were really good. Right. Like I think for our level of Star Wars perk, we're like we kind of grew up on the prequels, even though they're not very good. The three Dooku ones are worth watching. They're like 15 minutes each, um, and it's cool to see him before he fully turned and like, the reasons why he turned. Um, also, Qui Gon Jinn was his apprentice, which I didn't know about, but it was kind of cool uh, to see the young Qui Gon. Um, I I think that was I remember that from Episode One. So yeah, um, yeah. If you're, I mean, if you're a Star Wars fan, I'm sure you already watched it. But if you're a lap Star Wars fan, I would say at least watch the Dooku ones because they're a fun time. Um, but anyway, that's the Star Wars segment, and I also <laughs> quickly want to touch on these two shows that I dropped immediately. Um, I don't know why Perk, but lately I've been. If they don't grab me, Perk. I'm out. All right, I'm dropping you yeah, like a bad habit. Fair enough. Uh, first one was an anime on Netflix that I was really excited to watch called The Way of the House Husband. Okay, this is a comedy series about a Yakuza boss that quits the Yakuza and becomes a house husband. Uh, and it's just like comedy around him like taking shit way too seriously. Um, that sounds dreadful. I don't <laughs> want to watch it. I had heard really good things about the manga, um, okay. that it was really funny. And Netflix adapted it. I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll watch it. And it was, it's really short. It's like six episodes, 15 minutes each. I'm like, this will be a quick little, little breeze through. I finished episode one, and I said, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> the reason being, there is zero animation budget. Ah. Like, every shot is a still frame, still frame, still frame. If they need a character to run, Perk, I kid you not, they put the character in an action pose like this with their arms up, and then just shake, shake the piece of art. Oh, God. It is really, really bad. <laughs> like, yeah. It, it, it is so maybe if you don't if you're not as big of like an animation nerd as me you could get through it but like holy shit it's distracting and it wasn't funny enough for me to overlook that um so i dropped it like a bad habit it was just man please netflix put a little bit of effort into these adaptations because holy shit that was bad um that's yeah, tough the other one i watch is another netflix joint um called bee and puppy cat um it's a i know about this okay yeah so it was a web series highly highly acclaimed web series um animated and then netflix got the rights to it and this is where i'm confused because i couldn't figure out if the netflix season was a remake or a sequel or what was going on i believe it's a little of both it's probably a little of both but i made it about 10 minutes into episode one and i had to stop watching it um the reason being I don't want to say it was the pacing. It was the tempo. Like, the tempo of people talking was just too slow. Like, it sounded like someone would finish their line, and then it would just take wait a little bit too long for the next person to start talking. It was just, like, it was just so monotonous, and I didn't know what was going on. I didn't care about what was happening or these characters. I feel like they... Normally, I like when I get dropped into a world, and I just have to figure out what's happening. And this one, it was just very, it was just a lot and confusing. And I don't know, maybe if I'd watched the original series first, this would have made more sense. Um, but it was really the tempo of the show was just way too slow and just couldn't hold my attention. So I'm sorry. I know it's well loved. 
people. No, that's that's. I mean, that's fair enough. On. I only reason I know it's a thing is because uh, video game Donkey's wife voice acts in it. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think which it is how I learned about it in the first place. Game Grumps in it as well. Oh, um, nice. But and, uh, maybe I shouldn't say this, but like, I, the voice acting did feel a little bit of like web series to me. Sure. Like if I had watched it on YouTube, I'm like, oh, this is great. But the fact that like it was on Netflix, maybe I just uh, uh, you know put this like higher expectation on it. But like the the voice acting just wasn't quite as good as I wanted it to be. Um, but again, maybe it was just the tempo and the delivery. And the, I don't know. It is well, I wasn't vibing, so I had to drop it. Fair enough. Yeah. Perk, what's one thing you watched recently? Uh, so all three of my bonus reviews are spooky Halloween. So I'll start with, uh, on, let's see, last, what, Friday, I, um, uh, took some, uh, supplements, mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so to speak, Sure. and watched, uh, Trick or Treat Scooby-Doo, <laughs> uh, the new, <laughs> the new Scooby-Doo special on There's uh, a new one? HBO. Yeah, bro, what do you mean? They make a Scooby-Doo series quarterly okay and straight up i'm not i'm not even kidding I'm they make a, i am a little surprised like i know scooby has got some it's it's strong ip but like I, i'm a little shocked it's been beaten to a pulp because i'm not <laughs> i'm not kidding you at least twice a year there's a new scooby-doo special like <laughs> that they, they've done like half a dozen scooby-doo meets wwe specials <laughs> like the curse of the undertaker and stuff who is making like, these Warner Brothers, I guess. I, right. I don't know, but so how, uh, how long was it? Uh, it was just under an hour and a half. Oh, so it's like a full ass movie. It's yeah, it's a full on movie. Uh, okay. It is a thirty minute show's worth of content. <laughs> um, but I had a great time. Okay. Uh, there, there's uh, so the animation is cool because it's not like hyper modernized uh animation it's it's really smooth and really well done Mm -hmm. but it's in the style of the classic scooby-doo where like like their eyes aren't even colored white and Mm. they they look like they're pretty pretty classically made and they do they still do the fun stuff like uh, you remember from really old scooby-doo where like if there was a bad guy hiding in a barrel that barrel was like markedly brighter on the yeah. on the background like <laughs> they still do stuff like that and i'm like oh that's that's a super that's nice, nice touch yeah. yeah um the voice acting is good uh it's still like the velma is the same velma from the uh live action movies and it's also mm-hmm. matthew lillard as shaggy so nice. all the voices are great the story was fine it's like very straightforward, exactly what you'd expect from a Scooby-Doo story. <laughs> um, I, I don't know if this is canon, but, like, Velma is, like, super gay, which I think is cool. Yeah. No, they're making um, a new series with, it's called Velma. Um, all right. Sorry, her, and is yeah, because she's finally confirmed to be gay, which is super nice. Yeah, that's cool. Um, and, yeah, I, I just, like... I, I really enjoyed it. I would not at all recommend it to anyone who's uh, <laughs> viewing it through clear eyes. We'll say that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but if you just really are like not even barely paying attention or don't have the mental capacity and you're just like, hmm, trick or treat Scooby-Doo, I'm in. <laughs> Fantastic. Love to hear it. Um, I'm going to save my Halloween one for the end. All right. All right. So, okay. I'll do... Next, I'll do the other anime I watched. Um, okay, so after failing to watch two of those shows on Netflix, um, this was like last Sunday, I'm like, what am, What the fuck am I going to watch? And I, I remembered a show called Paranoia Agent. And the reason I'm interested in it, I was interested in it, is because it's directed by Satoshi Kon, who is a very well-known director of film in Japan, anime film. And he's kind of like a Christopher Nolan... Darren Aronofsky type, where he's, he makes very much like psychedelic thrillers, okay, um, or psychedelic kind of mystery stuff. And the only show he ever directed was this show called Paranoia Agent. So I'm like, I'll give it a shot. Um, Thirteen episodes. I watched it all in one sitting because that's what I do. It's it's good. 
it's not great. Um, the premise is, you know, we're in modern day Tokyo, and all of a sudden, this people start getting attacked at night um, by a middle schooler on golden roller skates and a golden bat. Oh and my! He's just whacking people at night. Um, okay. But the weird thing is, all the people are connected to each other, and after they get attacked, their lives get better in some way. Um, so it's kind of like, is this attacker like a a good a good thing or a bad thing? You know, um, it's very very psychedelic. They do a good job of like not not being clear of like, okay, is what's happening actually happening? Is the person hallucinating this or is this supernatural? Um, and a lot of the time you don't really know which one of those it is. Um, a lot of a lot of weird shit in this show. And I will say I think it is a bit too long. I think it's pretty clear he normally makes movies because there's just a few episodes in there that really just didn't need to be included. It just really dragged things out. Um, I'll call them filler-esque because it just like didn't move forward the plot. They kind of just mm. built out the world. And I just don't sure. think they were super needed. Um I don't know, like, it, like the story was good. Um, I think I was hoping when during the finale I would get like a mind blown moment of like, oh shit, that's what was happening the whole time, and I didn't really get that. It was kind of just like, oh, that's what's happening. Okay, that makes sense within the world you've set up. It it was mostly satisfying, but I kind of wanted more of like a crazy twist. Um, I didn't really get that, and also there's just a lot of questions they did not answer. Um, of like what are the rules of this world like what is supernaturally happening or not like it's i don't know i i, I can't say i'd recommend it but like if you're a big satoshi Kone fan maybe watch it um yeah i don't know it, it was fine i i'm glad i watched it it was weird as shit but i don't think i'd recommend it fair enough what's next on your spooky list all right, I got a all-time Halloween classic, Hocus Pocus, <laughs> um, which I claimed to have seen a very, very long time ago. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if that's true. There were a lot of points in the movie when I was like, like just out loud guessing, like what was going to happen, and I was right, which could mean I have seen it before, or it's like a kids movie. Um, so I still I'm not not entirely sure if I saw the <laughs> the original or not. Um, did, did you pick this because the second one came out? Yes, and we were gonna back to back them. We had a movie night, um, okay. but we got started way too late, um, and it's it struggles from like why is this movie more than eighty five minutes long? <laughs> <laughs> um, it's it's good. It's fun. It's uh it's pretty funny, um, but. The logic gaps are horrible, like to to the point where I, I, uh, I couldn't help but be like, "Why? Stop! Stop! What? What is that? Doesn't even make sense. No, just mm-hmm. why did you leave? Why did you leave the protected <laughs> circle? You just like got lost and wandered out of this circle of salt. Uh, just mm-hmm. sorry, sorry. I'm really passionate. Uh, but yeah, I intend to watch the second one at some point. The first one is like a meek thumbs up <laughs> okay it's like I, I, fine it's halloween fluff it, it's a good one for for kids because it's fairly harmless okay i haven't seen it but i, I think if, isn't there like a rat scene in it that's like kind of fucked up or am i, I thinking of a different i don't remember is okay, um there's talking cat i don't think that's what it is okay anyway so yeah, I'll be interested to hear your review of the second one if you watch it, because I heard it is not great. <laughs> yeah, I've heard only bad things, which makes me kind of want to watch it even more. <laughs> there you go. Because, um, I mean, pe- people have negative reviews of The Princess Switch. That, that and that's one of my favorite movies ever made. And um, Spring Breakers. Oh, yeah. That, well, that's just actually a good movie. No cap. <laughs> I, mean, I think you're just in love with Vanessa Hudgens, but... You're right, but I can also <laughs> be right. <laughs> Um, the next thing I watched was a documentary um, that I had to watch for my food policy class. Um, Perk, how do you feel about GMOs? Uh, big four. I agree. Uh, All right. And if I, I didn't know the right answer, but well, I, yeah. I was curious because like when we were growing up, I don't remember hearing about them that much. Um, I don't remember people talking about them, but I guess I've always been as neutral on them. But I watched this documentary called Food Evolution. Um, which is about GMOs and kind of giving a science-backed 
argument um, about them and why they're good. Um, okay. And I would highly recommend it, honestly, to anyone because this was it was made in 2017, and it just completely predicts the whole COVID vaccine issues we had. Because GMOs was kind of the test bed for that of just the misinformation, people. Um, it gets getting politicized, and people on both sides, mostly people on, who are anti-GMO, just having the most just absolutely insane arguments and ideas of what they are, how they're made. Um, yeah, I I remember. I'm pretty sure I remember that we were always propagandized that GMO bad, and the one argument I can remember is. What? So GMOs? What's next? Designer babies? Yeah, that was definitely a huge thing. Okay. Um, <laughs> so yeah. I, I am right in my in my stance that uh, the crazies are are on the no GMO side. That is that is accurate. Um, okay. Okay. And yeah, this it just it's just so fascinating to watch it now, knowing what happened with COVID vaccines, like seeing how there this we we should have guessed that would happen based on with GMOs, because like yeah, it's it's really. But anyway, it's a very well done documentary. Um, highly recommend it. I, I appreciate that they they did do their best to show both sides. And probably my favorite part of the movie is that they filmed. Um, there's like this conference held every year. I forget what it's called, but it's like where all the scientists go and they have discussions about topics and they kind of debate them. And so they showed a debate of both sides of GMOs with respected scientists. And seeing the full debate was really cool. Um, and then also we saw people like change their minds about GMOs. Um, like Bill Nye was anti-GMO and then after watching the debate and looking into he's like, oh, I'm changing my opinion. I am pro-GMO. So like that stuff was really cool. Um, and then also just seeing the really real benefits that they can have, especially for countries um, that grow crops that are susceptible to like really bad diseases. Um, like the papaya in Hawaii was saved with a, a GMO papaya called the rainbow papaya. And then in Africa, they um, were talking about this banana uh, tree wilt that can be preventive with GMO. So, yeah, I'm not a big documentary guy, but I really, really enjoy this one, and I would recommend it to anybody. Good to hear. Um, have you seen Behind the Curve? No, I've heard about it though. Yeah, it's a, a flat Earth documentary, and it's super, oh, super interesting. Um, Joseph watched it, and he was telling me about it. And yeah, I would, <laughs> people in that are just crazy. I would super recommend it because it, it's. <laughs> It's so you just reminded me because you talked about both sides. They're interviewing these people, um, and they're giving them the respect that they need to to get mm-hmm. these people to make themselves look like idiots. Yeah, uh, and yeah. it's super interesting. And I think the uh, the camera work is super cool because they do stuff where they'll like have uh, have like a one of the flat earthers say something and then the camera will like pan to something behind him that contradicts what he just said or yeah, something yeah. like because <laughs> it's a little tongue-in-cheek but they they treat uh, everyone involved with such respect that you know they they're vulnerable because they don't think they're being made to look a clown right it sounds very channel five uh, with andrew callahan-esque where he just respect people and puts the microphone up to them and they just kind of contradict themselves and they, they do yep. everything on their own yeah, no. That, is that one on Netflix? Didn't uh, it make used to be, it? but it's it's gone. I think it's, oh, okay. I think it's in the void of lack of streaming right now. Gotcha. Okay, I'll, I'll keep an eye out for it. All right. Uh, what was the last thing you watched? I watched 1960s Psycho. Oh yeah. Yeah, uh, which is uh, obviously the the classic horror movie. Uh, mm-hmm. It's the first Hitchcock film I've ever seen. Mm. Uh, I'll probably try and get to some more. I know for a fact I need to watch Rear Window. Yep. And obviously there are a whole heap of others, but... Birds, uh, horrifying. (laughs) Rear Window in particular, uh, I really look forward to watching. Uh, Psycho is so, so good. (laughs) Like, it's it's aged impeccably. Like, to this day, it's it's near flawless. Uh, All the performances are great. Uh, the rug pull that our main character is only in the first 40 minutes of the movie is fantastic. Like the plot twist that like everyone knows the plot twist in Psycho, but this is one of those examples where knowing the plot twist is not always a bad thing because it it makes you a little on guard and you notice things that you might not have picked up on mm-hmm. if you didn't know what you were looking for. Um, the direction is fantastic. 
Uh, I already mentioned the acting, but uh, Anthony Perkins is mesmerizing as Norman Bates. Um, Funnily enough, fun fact for you, uh, my parents really liked the name Anthony, but couldn't name me Anthony Perkins because, obviously... Uh, not not that any kids my age would know who that is or call me psycho. Um, it was just a little uh, little tidbit. That's what. Um, and yeah, uh, Janet Lee is great as the the our heroine who <laughs> meets her demise. Um, the The storytelling behind it is really tight and really solid, and you just kind of see this little breakdown as things go and. Oh, the the climax is super cathartic and mm. such a great scare. I like I knew it was coming, but the way that it pans out is great. Like the the turn with the music cue and skull and oh my. I I you know, I don't like horror movies because they're usually too much for me, but mm-hmm. when they're, you know, what 63 years removed, that it's it's nerfed enough to the point where, like, it wasn't all about jump scares, you know. Horror mm. was about building tension and, yeah. you know, seeing a mysterious car in the, you know, in the, out the back window and uh, the use of shadows and, like, what could be lurking over there and mm-hmm. lighting is great. And, like, it's just, it has all the best parts of horror without being unapproachable to a baby like me. Mm. Nice. Yeah, no, I've... Yeah, the only Hitchcock films I've seen are Rear Window and The Birds. Um, I've obviously heard great things about all of his films. But yeah, definitely got to watch Rear Window. And yeah, we watched The Birds in like... One of my classes in high school. I can't remember. It was like my English class. Weird. Dude, that movie is fucking horrifying, dude. Like, I mean, Even the premise... Even it was made in like the, the early 60s? Dude, just the idea of birds, just all the birds being like, "No, we're we're gonna kill you," and just suit like kamikazing into people and into. Have you ever like been it. to a beach? I don't like it, Perk. All right, birds always <laughs> creep me out. Their eyes on the side of their head. I don't like it. Yeah, um, fair enough. Speaking of being a little uncomfortable, all right. Yeah. You, you forced me to watch a horror movie, and I said, I "All right, I'll oblige because it's Halloween season," and you know, so I, I watched the thing. Because uh, I've heard great things about it, and you know John Carpenter is a classic horror film director, and I thought you know this would be a good one. I love Kurt Russell. Uh, found out this was um, oh god, now I'm blanking. Keith David's first film. It was um, his first film. I didn't even know that. Yeah, well, because I, I didn't recognize him. He talked. I'm like, oh shit, that's Keith David. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so okay, I'll say I like the movie. I it was really good. I like the premise. I mean, it's literally Among Us, right? Um, pretty much. My main critique is I wish we had gotten a little bit more time with the paranoia. Like, just more time just sitting with these characters and watching them kind of freak out. Because we don't get a lot of that. This movie moves really fast. It, it um, is very quick. I'll agree. The pacing is super fast. I mean, I appreciate how on it they are. I'm, like, trying to trying to solve this issue. But, like, I wish we had a little... Because they talk about they've been awake for, like, 48 hours. But we, we just kind of cut to them being yeah. uh, super, super high. We don't really get to see them start to lose it. So I wish we had a little more time with the characters. My issue with movie perk is that the fucking special effects were horrifying, dude. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, it was uh, disgusting. Like, yeah, I had to like, I had to watch my fingers. Dude, the, the puppets were so fucking gross. Like, I couldn't, like, I couldn't believe how hard this effects team went on making these puppets. Dude, it was so fucking nasty. Like the, I mean the. The dog transforms, like, pretty early in the movie. This isn't like they're yeah. saving it for the third act. This is the no, entire no. movie. The dog, and the skin peels off its face, and the skull comes out, and it's... Ugh. Dude, this shit was so fucking gross. Like, I could barely watch any time the thing was transforming, dude. It was disgusting. It oh is so God. off-putting, and it... So, if you if you get the time... I don't know if they've done a documentary or anything, but you should dig in a little bit to the special effects behind yeah. this movie because it is a marvel. It yeah. like yeah, it, it so is impressive. a miracle, and I, th- like the guy who ran the special effects worked like sixteen hour days for a year, and at the end of shooting, he had to check himself into a hospital. Like <laughs> the the and it just it's crazy because to this day, you know, like I mean, they literally remade the thing. And it's awful because it's yeah. a CGI monstrosity. Like yeah. the 
even though they maybe even look dated, practical effects just hit so much different. Dude, yeah, I mean, it, it, the 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 test for any special effect is does the audience like notice when it happens? Yeah. And this was so believable. Like this was more disgusting than any special effect could ever be in my opinion. Like, cause I mean, even when they're doing like the autopsies, like the doctor is in there grabbing shit and yep. like, and just the slime and just, but yeah, just the multiple heads on stuff. And it's <laughs> dude, it is so fucking gross. Like I, yeah, the, this, uh, the pile of the scene? dogs, the pile, everything with the dogs. Yeah. Horrible. Do you remember the scene where one of the guys goes unconscious and the doc's trying to resuscitate him and then he is going to push his hands yep. on his stomach and then the yep. dude's stomach opens up and the, Oh, didn't see that coming. That yeah. fucked me up. Like, it's an incredibly oh, iconic scene. The, another fun fact for you God. is uh, the they had a stunt double stand in for the doctor who was a double amputee. Mm-hmm. So in that mm-hmm. scene, it's literally mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. literally just snapping off prosthetics oh, that's with awesome. a hydraulic clamp is is what that is and it's <laughs> is dangerous as hell yes it's incredibly <laughs> dangerous and it's so cool because like oh my god all the yeah. work that had to go into that but yeah that scene i that's another one where i knew it was coming but i was like quaking in my boots because i just like oh my god dude I, uh, but uh, i was i was like you when you're watching hocus pocus i'm like what are you guys doing groups of three <laughs> always be in a group of three what are, why are you going alone like <laughs> <laughs> okay, you're the the blood test you wanted to do didn't work because the blood they got to the blood. Just mix each other's blood together and you can figure out who's the thing. Like I was like screaming at the TV. I'm like, yeah, yeah. please stay to, like, stick together, never separate. <laughs> I I will say too. I think that the jump scare that got me the most in this one was when he's testing the blood, and when oh, he finally yeah, yeah. when he finally fair. gets to one that actually yeah. reacts. Yeah. I was not ready at all because no, I, I don't yeah. think there's like a musical cue to lead up to it or anything. It's just like oh. Well, and the blood is, like, screaming, and then yeah. it falls on the floor, and it's, like, going towards him, like, yep. oh, my God, dude. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's a great movie. Like I said, I wish it would have dived a little bit deeper into the psycho- like psychological paranoia of it all. Um, did you like the ending? I did. I mean, I, I don't think either of them are the thing at that point. Cause there's, if, there's theories out there. If um, Keith David was the thing, he had a flamethrower. He would have just torched him and been done with it. Yeah. You know, he would have just killed him. Uh, yeah, it's. Uh, I I really like how it leaves. How it leaves us. It's like one of those. We don't really need closure because the closure yeah. is someone sits alone to freeze to death. You know, like. Yeah, yeah I mean, uh, I, I also I just loved the, the pace of this movie and how they dole out information. I thought it was just expertly done. Like the beginning of like yeah the original like, shoot, like shooting the dog. I'm like hey I'm pretty sure the dog is an alien just because based on what I know about this movie. Um, but like that was really cool, and then I'm going to investigate the Norwegian camp, and it'll be all being burned up, and uh, then they find the spaceship. Like all of it's like them finding out information um, was just so well done. And then like I kind of want to rewatch it, knowing who's the thing at what points, because like the Doctor figures out that if the thing gets to mainland, it's game over for like planet earth but he ends up being one so it's like did was he a thing when he was like freaking out in the lab yeah it's just it's a very very cool movie and i think yeah just an absolute classic um but maybe i I definitely want to watch more of his movies i mean i don't know about halloween just because i'm a security baby but i want to watch um escape from new york and um big trouble in little china those are two other Kurt Russell ones that I, I would say uh, Halloween is super approachable for the same reasons I talked about Psycho. It's it's very old, so it's just like a it's a well crafted horror movie without it, there are jump scares, but it's like so old that they don't hit incredibly hard, you know. Okay, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Maybe we could do like a John Carpenter section on the podcast at some point because he's got a ton of movies, but. Um, yeah, no, I'm glad. I'm glad you made me watch it, but I never need to see those puppets ever again. Because holy shit, that was some of the nastiest stuff I've ever seen in my entire life. Uh, all right, well, that is all of our bonus reviews uh, for this week. Thank you for making it to the end of the podcast. Um, next week, we're, we're just go back to normal um, operations here. We're just going to be picking a movie based on some connection to the last one uh, for a while. Then we'll be able to do another themed one um, in the future. But and now, remember, have you seen Have you seen Drive yet? No, I've not. Okay, so neither of us have seen Drive, and we're we're following Carrie Mulligan to that one next week. Very excited about this movie. Um, I feel like this is the most 
popular Ryan Gosling movie? Is that fair to say? Maybe I would say no, no, because La La Land probably. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, this used to be the the Ryan Gosling movie, and both of us are big Goss fans and haven't seen it, so yep. um, very excited for that. But yeah, Drive next week. Unfortunately, it is only able to rent. I was hoping we're recording this in November first. I was hoping in November it would pop on a service, but it doesn't look like that's the case. Um, so yeah, hopefully you can watch it. But um, yeah, next week we are watching Drive. Uh, but until then, thanks for listening. Bye. Adios.